Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. And after a weekend last week, which saw everything we've come to expect from modern national hunt racing, Nicky dodging, Maxwell losing, and LT racing napping winners. We're back with another preview for Newbury and Newcastle. I'm looking forward to it, Jim. Hopefully, some horses might run. Hopefully, one of them will be Constitution Hill. You didn't have too bad a weekend yourself, though, either, pal. Yeah, that, that walk over at Ascot of Milan Bridge was an absolute certainty, wasn't he? Him and Boot Hill um, brushed in. Uh, it wasn't a great weekend for me, punting-wise. It hasn't been uh, to start this uh, this season, but uh, hopefully we can hit the ground running with the return of Lost and Super Miranda winning on Monday. Yeah, no, I was a bit happy with last weekend, obviously. Fontaine Colons was, was the nap for me and gave a decent mention to Stainsby Girl who won at 16s as well, although my my assertion that Apu was an absolute certain was the best staying chaser. Yeah, technically I was right about that. Technically I was right about that. Be cautious of, of Apu Yeah, no, you, you, you were spot on there, mate. Uh, that was a slight slight spanner in the works, but after after feeling like I'd kind of been going through the motions the first couple of weeks since we've gotten the podcast started going back, at least I've proved I still know how to tip an occasional winner. Uh, hopefully we can carry that over onto this weekend. Jim, one of my favourites in the entire season. I love big handicapped staying chases. Obviously everyone knows that if you listen to this podcast by now. And the main the feature at Newbury. Uh, now called the Coral Gold Cup, looks typically competitive this year. Uh, we will start with the Newbury car, Jim, and you're quite interested in the opening listed mares and obvious hurdle. I mean, I'm quite interested, but it doesn't mean I have a strong opinion on it. I think all the mares that line up here are going to rank, rate fairly highly in the British uh, mares hurdling division this year. I mean, Lucia's got a massive reputation after an impressive victory in that listed Sundown bumper last season on, on bottomless ground, um, making her debut over hurdles here in, straight into listed company um, is something to look forward to. She she was quite close to being in my Surf Talk 12 to follow, but luckily she hasn't got the jinx of that um, for this season. Poetic music sets the standard in my opinion. I thought that was a very good hurdling um, debut at Ludlow last time, beating Dollar Bay in Tintern Theatre. Uh, Tintin Abbey, not Tintin Theatre. Um, Dollar Bay was a decent bumper horse last season and Tintin Abbey had been doing uh, well in Mare's hurdles prior to that. Um, and then you took in Carol's pass and, uh, and she's a saint who bumped into each other at Newbury last time. And she's a saint after being a, a runaway winner uh, of a Hexham novice hurdle. Um, got it put up to her by Carol's pass and she was very difficult to, to pass in the end. Um, and then you've got Letterston Lady, who's run up a nice sequence of victories in, in recent times. Uh, started off in bumpers and then made a successful hurdling start last time at Worcester. I mean, it's a race I'm looking forward to. And it, a race I won't be necessarily having a bet in. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing Lucia over hurdles for the first time. Yeah, obviously her form links in closely enough with uh, one of the Turf Talk 12 Fairy gem who are the less said about the better. <laughs> we may be running in selling hurdles rather than crap grade twos for mares at Sunday. Hey Jim, 
there's not too much between those two those two types of <laughs> let, me, let me tell you that pal uh, no it is, it is a really really interesting affair of its type although like, like Jim I'm, I'm struggling to uh, to come up with, with a strong selection in it uh, not not my sort of punting race really mate uh, on to the second the John Frankham Novices Chase obviously three mile grade two Novice event Competitive enough, this is all time hill 11 to 8 to beat Jolino Bello 9 to 4, 7 to 2, but fabulous 50 to 1 outside of Mortlock. Uh, Jimmy can make good cases for all of the top three here. My initial thoughts is I want to take time hill on. Uh, I think McFabulous and Jolino Bello at the price would make far more appeal. Yeah, I'd agree. And, and, and like you said, what did you think of time hill's chasing debut? Because I thought it was, it was good. But I think his opposition were meant were, shouldn't have been even in his sort of category almost, um, and it was a bizarre sort of race because press your luck and Flash Colonge were just on and off the bridle every now and again. It was surprised Flash Colonge even had anything left. What did you think? Uh, I thought it was adequate. I thought it did what it needed to do without completely taking my eye out. Just the way he attacked his fences for me. He was just like a little bit screwball at a few, and he wasn't as efficient over him. The, the further on in the race he, he went, the better he got, which was what I like to see, apart from the last. Um, I'm, I'm not fully sold on him chasing just yet. And like you said, Jolino Bello and McFabulous offer, offer more value. Jolino Bello's chasing debut, what did you think of his? It was a bit of a shambles in the end, wasn't it? Yeah, look, it was only half half length victory, wasn't it? Uh, but he did it. He did it with a lot more in hand, didn't he? And and you'd expect him to take a serious step forward from that. I don't think Norse he'd be either locked or Rocco is an absolute mug. Uh, I, I think he's the one probably with the most scope to improve. Although I am a, I am a really big but fabulous fan. And I liked what he did at Exeter, probably more so than I liked what Time Hill did. And I, I probably had have less between the pair of them than, than other people do. Uh, it's odd that Cobden's opted to ride Jolino Bello, because, I mean, he's the improving sexy one, but McFabulous is your standard grade two horse, isn't he? So. No, I, I'd agree with that, but I, I think I'd have done the same. I fully get why he's picked Jelena Bell because, like I said, that's that's the the one we've perhaps most scoped to improve this season. Yeah, I, I liked how McFabulous jumped at Exeter. Um, I was pretty impressed with how he was. He he's a, he was efficient enough. He could have been more, and he gave a few few a fair amount of air. But then the last couple were the ones that impressed me the most when he was being put put under pressure. The race obviously took a, a massive sort of step backwards when Campron unseated at the first. Um, but unexpected party sort of come to challenge him and and Harry Scott kept wide. But then the the more jumping under pressure he got, the better he was, I thought. And and that's what I really liked about him. Um, I'd expect him to sort of try and dominate this. And I quite like Lachlan Williams to steal it from the front almost because I think it'll be... I, I, I don't see Gelino Gelino Bello has made... All before in races, but I think he's, he'd be better with a lead. And McFabulous could steal it from the front if he's jumping 
inch perfect. Yeah, that, that that's an interesting theory, mate. I I, I think I, I would just fractionally side of Gillian Bello. Currently at the prices, I I I do respect Time Hill, but I think eleven to weight against two horses, which I think were perhaps a little bit less exposed over hurdles than him. And I, I've always been of the opinion that Fabulous will make a better chaser than the hurdler. And Julian Bello, you know, is likely to continue improving this term. I think he he'd just about be the one for me at, at the minute. Uh, but it's, it's not a strong opinion. And I, I think there's less between the top three than the betting probably suggests, which makes it sound like I wouldn't really put people off backing up Fabulous either. Well, on official ratings, really, McFabulous is better than Gelino Bello and they're off even weight. And off 153, he needs to improve £8 to beat Time Hill, but Time Hill has a £3 penalty. So he only needs a few slight errors to capitalise on that on official rating. So I, I, I'm i in agreement. I, I'd rather back Gelino Bello and McFabulous and we could be seriously looking... Gelino Bello down, but I'd rather back McFabulous at seventy two. Uh yeah. Also also this gap up to three miles for McFabulous is what I think he's been crying out for for a while. We've not seen him campaigned over three miles an awful lot. We saw him run behind Paisley Park in the Cleve, uh and we saw him uh behind Time Hill in the in the long distance hurdle at this meeting in twenty twenty. Um and I think I think he wants three miles nowadays. And I think now is the time to stand and deliver. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. A, a really, really interesting little affair, that. Moving on to the first proper handicap on, on Saturday that we'll touch on, the Sir Peter O'Sullivan Memorial Handicap Chase. He currently bet 92 cap course, 5-1 to one Killer Kane, 15-2 to two Mr Coffee and the Machine, 9 Zanza and Dublin 4, 10th captain or Java point, 14 to 1, bar them, Jim. Uh, Killer Kane in here for the Tizards, towards the top of the betting, Jim. Is he going to win? Um, I wouldn't be as confident. It's a competitive, competitive race, a lot more than what it was last time. Uh, that Exeter race, he, he travelled into the race well enough. He's been dropped two pounds for that. Um, and stepping back down in trip. I thought it was a bizarre race, to be brutally honest, at Exeter. He looked like he was coming to win. It might just be the camera angle. And he just slightly weakened out late on. He's got good, strong steam form at Aintree. I didn't think he was embarrassed in that race. Um, but over 2-4, he won the listed race at Sandown. Back to 2-6-8. Could be the trip that he wants. Um, but this this race is a competitive renewal as it is normally, and we, some normal names that we see in this race year in year out, such as Cap Course. Course won uh, this race last year off a mark of one three one. He's up to one three seven now after pulling up in at Sandown. Um, do I look to take him out? He he loves this meeting, Cap Course. He's he's like this is his Cheltenham, isn't it? Uh, and I know that. JP McManus runs his horses in Sir Peter O'Sullivan's colours for this uh, race and obviously targets it. Um, he's always he's, He always goes to that Newbury Gallop as well, doesn't he? It's bizarre. Um, but I'll probably look to take him on here. I mean, I can't believe I'm about to tip a Philip Hobbs horse, to be brutally honest, but Zanza's dropped to an attractive mark now, off a, off a mark of 134. Um, he won 
at this meeting off a mark of 138 in 2020. Uh, he's now £4 lower. His jumping can take a liberty every now and again. And they've stepped him up in trip for a, for a few races now, having been predominantly campaigned over two mile when novice chasing and uh, getting some experience over it. And I've always thought this sort of trip, sort of in the mid- intermediate trip of 2-6, will suit him a lot more. If he puts in a clear round of jumping, I think he'll he'll go very well here off the £4 lower mark than the last time he won. That's second behind Carl Philippe. Yeah, he obviously bumped into a horse. He was a very good novice hurdler last year. Um, and then has gone chasing and, and has got a bit of a taste for it. And he's sort of just bumped into one almost. I, I thought he's, his jumping wasn't perfect at, at Weatherby. He still got into a decent position to finish second. And at 9-1, to one, I think he offers a little bit of value for me. Um, but a competitive, competitive race. And I wonder what you think, then. Yeah, I, I like this race, Jim. And, and there's a horse I, I, I'm going to back in it, mate. Uh, the machine just strikes out to me as being overpriced. Yeah, his record fresh is attractive, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. He, he's still he's lowering the weights than for winning at Earth when he was fifth in the the. I'm gonna call it the Hennessy then. Uh, it's the Hennessy. Come on. Yeah, that that race last year, you know, coming off the back of a a winner at your top shifter. Back in May, he's had another wind up in the summer. I, I just think his form, he's been competing in races that are a little bit stronger than this. I like this sort of two mile six trip for him in between the, you know, the intermediate and the staying trip. <laughs> 140, I, I really do think is, is a very workable mark for him. And I'd be, uh, be rather confident that, that he'll give a good show in here, mate. You know, his, his jumping. Um, now Adam Adam Wedge rising for the first time, which is of interest to me because he seems Richard Patrick seems to go on really well with him, and, and I know last time out was was ridden by Johnny Burke, but he's a sort of he's not the most conventional jumper if you get what I mean. Like he, you sort of want someone to know him like the back of your hand if you get what I mean. Yeah, no, I I understand that, mate. I understand that, but I I think. A lot is in his favour this time. Like we said, no issue with him coming coming off a break. Ran very well in a stronger race at the meeting last time. You know, last season, sorry, off, off a lower mark. Coming back here from a win last time out. He's still fairly likely racing. You know, he, he's eight years old and he still only had 12, 12 goals. You know, which is likely raced for his age. Yeah, I'm I'm rather confident, mate, and I I I think I think he'll run a big race. Yeah, that's fair enough. Fifteen to two is a price I'd be I'd be willing to take each way for him. Yeah, no, d- definitely, pal, definitely, and I'd I'd have him uh, a couple of points shorter if I'm deadly honest. Yeah, I'd I'd rather back the machine the machine than Mister Coffee. Yeah, me me too, pal. Me too. I'd I'd. Uh, Although I, I I do understand the case for Mr. Coffey. There's just plenty of twos and threes next to his name that puts me off. Yeah, yeah, to to a degree, mate, and and also, what what trip is he best at? Does it? Uh, to be fair, he could be one of those horses who who is equally as you know as, as 
is capable over several. But I, I don't really like backing a horse when I'm still not 100% sure what trip they want. Yeah. And that, that that's it for Mr. Coffey. You know, the, the bulk of his form comes over two and a half miles, but he was running up in a Kimura. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? And, and he was outpaced in the Kimura. Exactly that, mate. So he's one, I, he's one I'll leave alone uh, this weekend. Yeah, fair enough. The 155 gym, the Coral Racing Club Handicap Hurdle, walking on air in West Balboa, 7-2. Joint Favs, Peking Rose, 11-2. Lord Baddersley, 17-2. Ten's Porticello, 11's Current Mood. 12's Petit Tonnet, 16's Bar then. What do you fancy here, mate? Two second season uh, hurdlers here in, in walking on air in West Balboa. Um, West Balboa is the horse I'll probably be signing for the mayor for, for Dan Skelton. We saw we only saw her twice last season. Uh, she won at Warwick, beating Queen's River fairly impressively, who was well fancied to run a good race that day after uh, being purchased for a, a lot of money was Queen's River related to the Long Mile. Um, and she absolutely scooted away from her. Um, and then we saw her finish second behind stage star in the cello at Newbury. And although at the time I probably slagged that form off and... and the, the form of that for a Grade One novice hurdle is pretty shambolic, if I'm being honest. Um, however, West Balboa didn't run too badly in the end. Um, she was a little bit keen early on. Her jumping wasn't exactly perfect, um, and Stage Star was possibly a little bit more advanced. They've, they've had her off the track for, uh, since then, December last year. Um, and she reposes here this season at a mark of one two seven, which I think is more than entirely workable. Um, and hopefully, I think I, I'd rather back West Balboa at seven to two than walking on there at the same price. Um, walking on there was was very very impressive um, at Newbury, but what did he beat him behind? Not an awful lot. A horse that's um, been running around Fontwell and Plumpton. Which isn't—I know, I know that's a local track for the Moors, but it's not exactly form that screams out. Whereas you look at West Balboa's second to stage star, looking to to have graded glory over fences this weekend at Newbury. So, um, for me, off a mark of one two seven for a stable that are in red hot form at the minute, uh, I'm siding with West Balboa. Um, like Porticello is interesting in this for me. If the ground becomes soft, which I, I know that's going to be, have to be a key for him this season, and with the current weather conditions, it's not looking likely that we'll be having any rain till after Christmas. Um, so you get more rain at the Haydock Sprint Cup meeting normally. Um, and Porticello was was a very good novi- uh, juvenile hurdler last season. Uh, he won at Haydock in the Victor Ladorum. He was six behind for Bon in the in the triumph, and I think the season when he gets his ground right, a staying trip over possibly three miles in time will be exactly what he wants. And and the more team are in red hot form as well at the minute. So, Pozzello's a horse to keep your eye on if the ground turns heavy, but it's not necessarily looking likely. And West Balboa will be heading my main bet in this race. Yeah, I, I, I can see it. I can see it fully, mate. I can see it fully. I'm a walking on air man. Uh, I, I loved what he did at Newbury on on his hurdles debut. He just didn't jump well at Aintree, and it was it was just a culture shock to him. And as much as I agree with you that one two seven 
could prove an absolute gift for West Balboa. And likely is to prove an absolute gift. She could end up being a £10 better horse. I think the same comments apply to Walking on Airs. Walking on Air. On Airs? Uh, <laughs> walking on Walking on Air. Ali Jones. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is a Christmas song. It is. It is, and it's almost Christmas time. And uh, James Bowen is going to be Santa. <laughs> I hope he's not carrying a few pounds overweight. No, Christ, that wouldn't be good, would it? It wouldn't get down my chimney. Anyway, <laughs> we were talking about horses at some point. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just think there might be a little more upside to walking on there than West Balboa in terms of what their peak mark could be. And starting from 1-3-2 in handicaps, uh, for Nicky Henderson's horse, just looks looks an utter, utter gift. And I, I, I hope uh, this, is, this is where Walker on Air kickstarts uh, kick a really, really productive season. You know, N- N- Nicky's won this with horses who's, who have been able to to go on and prove themselves proper, proper, you know, graded performers with, you know, Champ being the main one there. But, yeah, I'm a fan of walking on there. And the other one I'd put up a little bit of an each-way price is Petit Tenere uh, for John Joe and John Joe. You know, he he won won three times uh, last season. The first of them coming in France. Then he won a three-runner event at Market Raisin. Uh, at very very short odds, whacked him in the Grade One uh, juvenile event at Aintree where he was pulled up. Again, didn't jump very well there, but on his return again in Aintree, uh, again at Aintree, uh, the old Rome meeting, shaped really well when he was when he was a close up third behind Peking Rose. Travelled travelled really well. Still a four year old. Could be even more to come from him. I guess one three nine. Look, he's, he's less. Obviously, Claxon, uh, Claxon, Claxon. It's a harsh mark, that, isn't it? Well, is it because he ran really well off 138 last time? It's a harsh enough mark to be given a four-year-old last season. Just just on debut, first time out of market raising, he was given a mark of 135. I mean, that's that's harsh enough. I mean, I know he's won a... Uh, is, is it, would, would that not even... Would that get you even top weight in the Fred Winter? I don't think he even would, would it? For a juvenile, you've got to think of how many like juveniles who will do absolutely nothing this campaign were rated in the mid-130s towards the back end of last season. You know what I mean, mate? Whereas, yeah, I think this is a horse who is going to do something this season. Yeah, I can, I, can, I get what you mean, but um, what was top weight in the... He, he was he was a non-runner. He was top. He was meant to be top weight in the juvenile hurdle last year of the Boodles. Yeah, that's what, that's what that's what I, that's what I, I thought, mate. I, I remember him being next. He was a little bit of a height horse under the radar for it, wasn't he? Yeah. But you know, what I mean, what I'm saying is, if, if you run through the Fred Winter field there, and you look at the ones who are rated, you know. Say the one three three to one three six bracket. What they have, what they achieved last season, and what you think they'll go on to achieve last season. I think Peyton Air is is kind of in a different league to to what the expectations for him will will be. If that makes sense. What I'm trying to say, even in in a in a Newbury preview in November, is I'm just trying to say scrap the boodles. 
<laughs> he's he's up a pound for that for that third entry, which is again he's harsh, far too harsh. Uh, no, tank, 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 Tong. He's tank, Tong, mate. Uh, yeah, I, he, he, I, I think he, I think he's an all right price at twelve. I really do, but I'm, I'm a walking on air fan. That, that, that'll be the main selection for me, as much as I uh, agree with almost everything you've said about West Balboa. Yeah, well, it's a bit of a match about that, really, isn't it? Yeah, it should be good fun, pal, as we move on to the uh, 2.30. The Coral Immediate Bet Bundles Hurdle, Handicap, handicap Hurdle. <laughs> this is Jerry Fielder, come on. Exactly that, pal. Exactly that. Uh, first Street and Picard, 100 to 30 each to beat Teddy Blue, who's 9 to 2. Fiat Glory's 5. Paris Encore, 12s. Boomborn, 14. St. Paris Grievetana. Yorkshire, 20 to 1. Uh, Jimbo, I'll, I'll be deadly honest here, mate. I'm struggling. Oh, this one of my bets of the weekend's coming in this race. And I'm finding it very difficult to look away from First Street. Um, Brian, solid form from last season. Um, he won a Kempton handicap hurdle off a mark of 132, uh, having been well beaten uh, in the Persian War. Um, he then went on to the Betfair hurdle, where he was third behind Glory and Fortune, and I like to move it. We saw I like to move it boost the form the other week, winning the Great Wood. Um, he then was second to State Man in the county hurdle, giving him a pound. And we've seen State Man absolutely bolt up in the Morgiana last weekend. So obviously he's bumped into a graded performer there. Uh, he was fifth at, at Aintree, which was possibly slightly disappointed and hung left late on. Um, but he'd had a difficult, busy season up to that point. He'd been on the go um, since... August um, and he'd, he'd had a very busy season. He's a lot better than a lot of these rivals. He's off a mark of 146. The handicap has dropped him a pound for that uh, fifth behind John Bond. Um, I mean, he's, he's four pound higher than that Cheltenham, Cheltenham second to state man, which I don't think he's too harsh. And I think that if the ground's Good to soft, Nick, you're running. Um, I do think you'd be slightly better with a bit of dig underfoot, but I, I think he's he's one of my best bets of the meeting. He's got rock-solid form. He's carrying top weight. I think he'll just outclass this. I respect Picard uh, from the Skelton Yard. He was second to Nappers Hill on his debut. Um, he fell. Um, when, when looking slightly outpaced behind, I like to move it uh, in that shambles three-runner race at, at Cheltenham. He got his head back in front uh, at Chepstow at the first meeting of the season. He stayed on strongly to win comfortably. Um, he's been nudged up £2 for that. Um, and I understand why he is joint favourite with First Street, but he he has to improve to get past First Street. And he sets the standard for me. And I think, I'm hoping James Bowen will be Santa Claus in this race. <laughs> I think you've convinced me there, pal. Look, he's he's a, a clear standout on farm terms, isn't he? Uh, mm-hmm. he's, he's achieved a level a level above what every, everything else in this event has done. Uh, I, I guess he's just whether there's, there's any 
major progress from the ones who had 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 less of a go in big races, like you say, your Picards of the world, Fiat Glory, uh, Teddy Blue, who I know I know ran in the uh, triumph last year, but still, this is his first proper proper crack at a handicap. It, it probably will be a no bet race for me, although I. I pretty much do agree with most of what you've said about first straight. I just find it find it tricky when I can see various improvers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't I don't have a standout opinion on on whether I I like one more than any of the others. Although, look, to be fair, mate, they could all improve five pound and maybe still not match first street's level. Yeah. But Nicky absolutely adores this race, doesn't he? He's won it with Floressa, Epiton, Lamy Serge, um, going back Fairyland, um, like, and also they've all always been five-year-olds turning six in recent times with the Epitons and Floressas. And I'm not saying that First Street is going to be a, a Grade One horse, for example, as like your Epiton, but she, I think he's. He's he's a graded hurdler in Britain. He he could win graded hurdles at like the elite at Wincanton or something like that. Like I I don't think he's too far away from the best hurdlers we've got in in Britain, which isn't saying a lot because we haven't got any. Well, no, I, I, that, that's fair, mate. And, and the gap between those uh, you know, those good good handicappers and graded performers just seems to get smaller and smaller. Every season, doesn't it? Like, what what mark did I like to move it with the Great Wood from? I'll just double check now. But that I think that was lower than what First Street's rated, wasn't it? First Street's rated one four six. I like to move it with the Great Wood from one four two, and he's gonna go off favourite for the international. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, the, the case is solid and the case is fair, mate. Very much so. He's one of my best bets of the weekend, if I'm being honest, and I'm hoping he can get his head in front. We love that big man. We love that. Hopefully, first street will, will gain a first first Jim Watson win of the season. <laughs> that feels like anyway. Piss right off. <laughs> uh, on to the feature, the Coral Gold Cup handicap chase. Typically competitive, staying handicap. Perhaps not quite the quality that we've seen in previous renewals of this race, but cases can be made for most of them nonetheless. Seven to one, three under through five, and Corrick Rambler eights, Lamilos remastered, and Oscar Elite seventeen to two, Bustleton nine to one, Jericho Rock tens, the Fiddler twelves, Our Power fourteens, Lord Accord twenties, Ansam twenty five, Lost in Translation thirty three, Fanny and Destreval fifties, Potterman sixty six, Diablo Druhe, and one hundred and twenty five for Red Happy, having his a million start of the year. Uh, Jim, before we talk about I guess the rest of the field and our best bets in the race. Would you like to make your cases for the Tizard pair? <laughs> How did you know already? I've, I've just, I've literally just read Dan Overall's, uh, of course, friend of the podcasts, uh, racing TV runner by runner guide for the the Coral uh, Gold Cup this weekend. And his opening line is a ten year old with a loyal fan base. <laughs> Wonder who that is. Um, yeah, I mean, lost off a mark of 150 has certainly become attractive. 
seven pound lower than I thought to give a decent enough account of himself in the in the National League jumps every fence with plenty of panache and style just got a little bit tired late on um, seemed to have a great spin uh, and with Freddie taking seven off his back I think it's going to be a, 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 only a positive thing um, he's schooled him before under the point to point track and knows the horse from the yard um, and I'm pretty confident he'll give him a, a decent spin round um, last year's Ultima was a bit of a shambles in the end it, it was the race was a bit of a meltdown and uh, a rough rough race and for that his mark has, has slowly dropped and um, his record fresh is something of certain interest um, he's been withdrawn from a few races prior to that and he is very ground dependent nowadays um, and with the current going description of good I would be liking Newbury not to water the track at all or do anything for him uh, and I will be delighted if he was to run a, a positive race to kickstart his season and hopefully help him along the way in, into going over the national fences once again um, at 25 to 1 I think he's a fair enough each way price, you'll be able to get 6 places on the day, 5 places I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him out I'm just gutted I, I can't be there to go and watch him but hopefully he can give a good account of himself um, Fiddler had a nice reappearance in the Potemps race at Kempton he was, his jumping wasn't fluent over hurdles um, and he just plodded on for third uh, he's tightened up a lot more for that he ran an outstanding race to finish fifth in the Grand National last year off a mark of 155 um, and he was agonisingly nabbed in this last year um, when nearly being brought down um, by remastered far out and off a £5 higher mark I'd expect him to run a, 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 a very good race and I'll be disappointed if he isn't in the first four home Um of course, tilting him up for another another national bid for this season. Um, and hopefully they'll, they'll both account each other very, very well. And, and Oscar Elite, on the other hand, was a horse last season who has finished placed at Cheltenham Festival twice. His third behind Corrett Rambler was not a disgrace. Uh, and in time, I think he'll, he'll pop up in a, in a nice handicap such as this. And, and nice to see Joe has a good hand going into this race. Yeah, no, I, I can see the case of both of them, Jim, and I'm 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 a big fiddler fan. Like you know, I've I've said multiple times on this podcast. I think he'd be up to winning open graded races in this country, and uh, I, I still think there's a little bit of unfinished business with him in handicaps like this. As much as I love Lost, I think Fiddler's probably a likelier likelier winner. How out dare of the you say that? Sorry, pal. I hope Sorry, there's a flood in 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 West Yorkshire somewhere. Well, my dishwasher is leaking, to be fair. <laughs> but I, I, I didn't realise that was your voodoo. Uh, I, I, I think the angle I'm going down, Jim, again, is the ultimate form. Because I think it's just going to work out into a really good race. You know, I, I put Jericho Rock in the Tears Talk 12 with the this race as, as a, an idea for him. Uh, he has to be on the shortlist. Just for his shape, as if he, he was needing the run uh, back over hurdles last time. Progressively without winning last term. Uh, I think he'll go on improving this season. 9-1, to one, I think, is, is, is a very, very good price. And 
the, the other one I want to be with is the horse who beat him in the ultimate, Corrick Rambler. Who again, look, he, he he's a bit of a an awkward character, isn't he, Kyrie? But to win the ultimate from position from the position he was in last term, I just thought it was just a ridiculously good performance. Again, adding nothing into the Carlisle run, uh, it came over a trip far too short for him. And in a race where I think I'm not, I'm not going to say like low, low on quality, but you look at those kind of above Corrick Rambler in the weights, and you think they're not really horses of, you know, of of a different, different class. You know, you've got three under through five who heads a betting who fully, fully get the case for, you know, second season chaser from a top yard, hasn't had a go in a handicap last time, you know, sorry, last season, uh, you know, could, could, could be throwing off 151, but I, I think that takes the most positive view of his form possible. The thing with three under through five is he's had a lot of five three runner races on his five four. I, a big hurly burly. I mean, he ran in the um, he ran in, in the spud race, didn't he? Um, and he was chipping along, if I remember rightly, from a long way from home. I feel like he. I don't want to say he likes to, his own way in front, but he'd like to be at the front and with other pace angles in this race. I'd be worried that he wouldn't get that. Um, and that'd be a slight worry for me. And I also think a mark of 151. He's never a horse I've had an awful lot of time for. Um, and if a mark of 151, I, I think he's still on a little bit of the high side, if I'm being honest. Um, I mean, Bustleton is, is the attractive one for me, the, the one with the sexy profile. I mean, I know the Irish have an absolute horrendous record in this, just one win in the last century. Um, and he would also be the first five-year-old to win this race. Um, but his win at Listall was in the Kerry National. I know that um, if Hewitt could jump the last, he probably would have beaten. But that was still a proper performance. And he was second to Gabby's Cross in a, in a deep, uh, staying chase at Galway. Uh, he bumped into, into nice horses throughout the season last year. Second season novice chaser, again from a top yard. Bustleton's a more likable type than three under through five for me personally. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's there or thereabouts in the end. Again, like I said, he's got plenty of records that aren't in his favour, but like I say every week, they're there to be broken. Yeah, that that's a very interesting shout, mate. A very interesting one. Another one I'd I I I'd give uh, quite a big shout to Bill and Milos. He was just really progressive last year for Tim Vaughan. And has since joined Dan Skelton, winning on his stable debut at Bangor, where he, OK, it, it was a heavy ground event and he beat some some slow horses in Lodimini and asked me early, but you just know the Skeletons are going to get even better out of him. You know, he he looks every inch an improver. And uh, in in the strongest race he'll have faced yet, I think you can probably expect the best performance we've seen from Lemelos yet. I'm confident that he's going to continue going the right way. Uh, but perhaps the the sort of... But I don't want to say being there and done it 
with Corrick Bramble, and especially not Jericho Rock, considering he's still a maiden. But I, I just think the old team are just reeks of strong form. We've seen our power come out and win. You know, similar comments also apply to Oscar Elite, who is also in the race and also, you know, has a massive chance. Uh, th- th- that's the end of I'm going down, Jim. Jericho Rock and Corrick Bramble are the two for me. Yeah, I w- of course we'll be cheering on Lost and Fiddler. Um, but I'm wary of Bustleton, very wary, uh, and Jerry Corrock, um, as I know how confident you have been. But if Loss was to win, I think I would. There would not be a dry high eye in the house. Can speak? Can't speak. No, Jim. No, you're right. Yeah, the roof. The roof would come off Twitter. No, I tell you what. That that fun fair in the middle of Newbury for this weekend. <laughs> everyone would be on that whatever Ferris wheel or Dodgems or <laughs> just imagine Carnage I imagine Carnage at the fun fair happy days pal happy days uh, is there going to be another Tizard trained winner of the last gym and Muriel Sky 6-4 to to be only money who's 9-2 to Bundoran is 7s I feel like he's running this race every year for the last <laughs> Decade. Uh, Eclair Denea and Monsieur Le Cocorates, Cassatol 16s, Cortland 20s, Hatcher 25s. Uh, the betting has it about as one side of a handicap as you could ever get, Jimmy Vamarillo Sky. Yeah, up for a pound for that victory at Cheltenham. I think it's his race to lose. The opposition isn't anything special. Um, I think he's a lot better than this, and I think he will progress into a graded chaser, possibly over two miles this season. So. I think he's he's if he settles out in front, wings every fence like he did that uh, that race at Newbury last year in soft ground, um, where he dominated Shakem Opari. His jumping was bold, just impressive, um, and I think he'll be very difficult to beat. Yeah, yeah I think he wins Jim. Although if I am going to take him on, I take him on with a Claire Denae, who I think he's a bit too big at eight to one. Uh, Does he want one... heavy ground though? Just, just quicker ground, not worry yet. I know, I mean, early on in his career, he's got decent good ground, decent good ground for him, but I think he's best seen on, on heavier. Uh, I can see the angle for that. I can see the angle, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to avoid him just on that when, like you said, there are, there are occasions in the past where, when he has ran well on, on quicker surfaces. You know, I liked him last season. His defeat of Cheddleton and Nutswell at Christmas. Uh, his good form where he beat two solid enough Northern Yardsticks who you tend to know what you're going to get from every time they run. Only a length behind Frero Bamboo who was a well-treated horse on the day at Lingfield on his next start. And then again ran, ran another decent race when, when runner-up at Chepstow when last seen. You know, he's he's an enthusiastic front runner, tends to jump well. Uh eight on his seasonal reappearance after a wind up, albeit with with uh Jim making a, a fairly salient point about the ground, because I, I get why you'd think he might his best form might come on a come on heavy heavy ground, but like you said, he's he he's run respectably enough on good to soft before he was runner up at your top show in April on quick ground, uh, in his novice season, so 
I'd, 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 I'd be happy enough to, to overlook that at the minute and, and give him a go. I think eight is too big, especially when if there is kind of a... Uh, but I mean, Amarillo Sky, who is only a pound away from a Clare, mate. If there is a, a class act in this race, surely it's him. Yeah. That's Newbury wrapped up, I think, pal. Unless there's anything else you'd like to mention from the seven races that we've not already touched on. <laughs> no, the, the Newbury card on uh, on Fridays of interest. I'll only just run through that um, quickly. Um, that novice, uh, that maiden hurdle, Jet Power cost an awful lot and was an impressive winner of uh, points to point. Attack Blue was an impressive, another impressive winner of a point to point. Punches down and called the dawn. Bumped into Jim Coco who ran a cracker behind. I like to move it in the Great Wood last time. I don't think there's an awful. I th- I, of course, Jet Powered is a shorter price because he's got more potential, expensive type. The Donleys and Henderson have released great horses here before Trishkin, for example. Um, but a race I'm looking forward to. Um, Fred Dams uh, took two fences impressively at Kempton over 2-2. I'm looking forward to seeing him out again. Uh, he's up £6 for that. Um, and that form was boosted when the third one at Kempton is effectively £8 higher, but £2 out of the weights. Um, I think he, he's he got a very, very good chance tomorrow. In a competitive, nice uh, hand, novice handicap, um, The we see stage start in a grade two, as I mentioned earlier on, facing the uh, Colin Parker winner and the wild Camprond. Um Beats Town, Lewis will be tipping to win a handicap again. Probably no, <laughs> Just same shit, different week. Um, and we see the the dog champ run against Paisley Park and Prashima, who was the impressive winner at Weatherby. I'd, I'd be willing to stick with Prashima again here. I mean, I know he's been found out in other races other than Weatherby before, but he sets the standard here. Um and a competitive handicap hurdle turn the cards. Newbury's got a great race car this weekend, an even better fun fair, and I'm looking forward to it. An even better fun fair. I love that, mate. I love that. The only thing I wonder I if there's any goldfishes there. I know this is off topic. <laughs> like a hook a duck and you win a goldfish. Yeah, and then put it in a match race with uh, Chantry House and see who win. Uh, the goldfish would still win. I, I wonder if like it's like Cartmel where you win a sticky toffee pudding, you win a goldfish at you this <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why it's changed its name to Coral Jim. <laughs> Careful. Uh, full of jokes on turf talk. Full of jokes. Crap uh, well, the only thing I disagree with you saying there is calling Champ a dog. Because he actually ran you know, had quite a good season last year, didn't he? Well, By, yeah. like, almost anyone's expectations. He won a grade one. He bottled, he bottled the cleave. <laughs> come on, come on. Ish. He, he Ish. bottled the cleave. Paisley Park confirmed for him in the stairs, though. It might have just been beaten by a better horse. He gave him, third, like, 20 length head start. He didn't give him that at Cheltenham. That was tactical from Paisley Park. But the longer the longer you, you can get Paisley Park to run for, the quicker he is. <laughs> so what are you saying? So Paisley should start giving everyone twenty meet twenty two furlong head start. Exactly that. <laughs> he'd be he'd be a better horse if he did that. Oh, 
What a great idea. He'd have achieved more. He'd be, he'd be like a like a sweeper keeper. <laughs> He's the Manuel Neuer of horse racing. Exactly that. But no, Jim. I apart from I know I know he was a well beaten third in Liverpool hurdle on his final start. But I I don't. I think you have to be a, a ridiculous champ hater, and I don't put that past you to have slighted his season last year. I thought it was better than what most people would expect from him. He won one race last year. He finished no worse than fourth, and that fourth was in the, the championship event of his division at the Cheltenham Festival. Bearing in mind two seasons ago, Jim, remember what he did in the Gold Cup, where he, lo- he looked like he was made of wood. <laughs> he still is. That's a rude thing to say about a horse who's going to win tomorrow. He's not uh, going to win. I'll have the field, you can have champ. Exactly. Maybe not even money. Maybe not even money. But I do do think he's the right favourite. And I I think stage style will probably beat Bowport, although Bowport's going to be a smashing animal this season. Probably over longer trips. Uh, Newcastle, Jim. The two races we we will talk about are going to be the fighting fifth and the rehearsal. Then I'll just throw it open in case there's anything you'd rather talk about. Uh, The fighting fifth should be simple. Although this is about as good a grade one two-mile hurdle as you could get in this country, isn't there? Yeah. Constitution Hill is seven to two on. Epitons fours. Not so sleepy. Sixteens. Tommy's Oscar's twenty-eights. Voidu Rev one hundred and twenty-five to one. Simple task for the best hurdler in training, Constitution Hill. Yeah, he's going to eat out his stable, eat out his stable companion. <laughs> Maybe recheck that statement. Uh, <laughs> chew Epiton up and spit her out and brush her aside and, and show how good a horse Constitution Hill is and everything in his path for the rest of his life. He will carry on galloping into submission. Sorry, Jim, I'm, I'm just... Appalled at your smut. <laughs> I may, that, that could be the end of the podcast here. After five long years, we've finally been fully, fully dragged around the gutter after after hovering uh, for a precarious period of time around the gutter. Jim Watson has finally ruined it. I can't uh, believe what I've just said. <laughs> move on, move on. It's, no, look, I I agree, Jim. And look, if if he wins by if he wins by forty lengths, he'll deserve it, and I hope he enjoys it as well. <laughs> Let's move on to to the to a more exciting rehearsal chase. Uh, Long press agent is six to four favourite in the rehearsal chase. Into overdrive is four to one. I write is eleven to two. Seven to one happy go lucky. Seventeen to two dingo dollar. Twenty five to <laughs> one sheriff. Thirty three to one Windsor Avenue. The big bite. That was depicted on fifty to one. Oh, uh, one press agent won the RSA last season. Did it uh, and again he was taken out of the grade two at Ascot last weekend. This is a very different race though to what he was going to run in last season. Uh, if he is. A bona fide Gold Cup contender, he'll be winning this off one six four. Yeah, he should be. Um, and there's nothing interesting really to say about him. We we talked about him quite a bit last week. Um, well, I did. He's 
probably going to be my anti-post-gold cup selection at this stage. Um, I'd like him to dominate this race. He's going to get soft ground under him, which I think is a, is a positive for him, although he's got decent form and good to soft. Um, he, just a little bit too much for him at the end of last season behind a high senor. Um, if he's going to be a gold cup horse, he could be looking to face uh, a, a competitive field in Brave Man's game again in the King George if he wins this. Uh, and and set him up for being a bona fide gold cup horse. I think I think this is possibly the right thing to do. We like seeing good horses carry top weight in handicaps, and I think that's going to be a little bit of a theme this season. Uh, having seen Frodo do it so early on, um, there's some proper Northern Stain Chase legends in here: Dingo Dollar and I Wright, um, and um, hopefully he can dominate this field, sit behind. Happy go lucky you will be chivied along by David Bass from the front, I imagine, even on his debut. And hopefully he can cement his status as being a very, very good horse as a second season chaser. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. I, I wouldn't be backing him at six to four because I think I think there are credit uh, credible threats here. Into overdrive, you know, searching his fifth consecutive win for a good yard in Mark Walford. Jumps really well, doesn't he? And uh, he's now up to one three eight. Having started his winning run off off a hundred and twelve, but the the way he's going, you know that that could underestimate him again. Still, <clears throat> to be fair, one press could end up being one seventy ish, couldn't he? On what he did last season, so one six four could be a fair mark. This is a a very different sort of test. Although he, he did win a handicap uh, first time out last season, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, what mark was that from? One two eight, yeah. So the, you know the, the progress he made last season. But Venetia is a genius. Uh, obviously, got got the the, the long awaited win with Fontaine Colonge last week. But a stable had been running well. Prior to that, they just hadn't been winning. She, the horse had been running fine in defeat. Uh, happy go lucky. Two seasons ago, I was convinced this was a graded horse, especially after he won at Aintree. You know, I, 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 well, after he won that, uh, you and I were lucky enough to be at Aintree on on the behind closed doors Grand National Day, Jim, when, uh, when happy go lucky won the handicap chase. And the first thing I turned and said to you after that happened was, that wins the Charlie Hall next year. Yeah, you did. And the handicapper has been relentless with him, having been off for such a long time. He's, he's kept him a little bit higher in the weights, which is well, unfair. Would he? Because it wouldn't be two pounds if he was coming straight up. I, I, sure, I'm sure there'd be a way to find that out, but I'm sure that's been trimmed slightly. Uh, he won that entry, I say, almost two years ago now, off 149. Uh, He's one five one now. I, I hope he runs well because he was a horse I, I was really looking forward to. Uh, and if the ability remains, he should be well up to making his mark. Felt in this great, uh, this sort of race. I right, he's just a boy, isn't he? Ran another good race at Kelso last time behind Sands Russian, who's a horse going places. Won this last year. Just rarely, rarely, rarely puts a foot wrong. 
competitive races, mate. Very much a competitive race. Uh, really intriguing affair seeing a, a Gold Cup contender try to try to give this weight away. It, I, I don't want to say no bet because I, I think we could try and find something at, a, at an each way price against uh, Lompresse. And if you want to be an absolute scumbag, the problem is there's the four we've mentioned, and then they got to Dingo Dollar, who's 17 to 2, who I, I thought won a uh, pretty poor veterans event last time, to be fair. Uh, I think he'll need to up his game significantly to win this. And then you're looking at 25s, uh, the rest of them, and, and they don't particularly inspire me. If you want to be an absolute scumbag into overdrive each way at 4-1, to one is not a dreadful bet. Oh, you dirty, dirty man. Go and wash your hands now. Well, what 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 other sort of angle is there, is there to bet in this race, though, Jim? Because surely Long Press at 6-4 is... Just bat the home press for the Gold Cup and you'll be all right. Fair enough. I like that. I like that, mate. Is there anything else you'd like to mention at Newcastle? <laughs> um, not really, no. That juvenile hurdle, I had a good look at it. Like, Ring of Bearer was, was a decent horse on the flat. He was rated in the 90s. Um, he's now with him. He used to be over hurdles. He, depending on the price, I, I might have a little play on him. Because he was well liked as a as a younger horse, and I'd be intrigued to what he's like over over hurdles. But other than that, Mufasa's on the card. who won at Cheltenham a few weeks ago, um, but he'll be a short enough price in a in a pretty poor race. Um, I know this is a little bit off topic, but at Banger on D, um, there's a handicap chase which sees Barrichello and Harper's Brook. I'd be looking to be back in Harper's Brook for a stable that are in decent form in Ben Pauling. Uh, was second tie in Bridge. Travelled into the race very well and was just stayed by a well-handicapped horse who's going to love staying trips in time. And I think it's his race to lose. And at a price of 5-2, to two, he's of interest for me at Bangor, which is, of course, of, I, I do all right at, to be fair, Bangor. It's, but not on a Saturday afternoon when you've got a delicious card at Newbury. A delicious card. <laughs> delicious indeed, mate. Delicious indeed. Uh, yeah, nothing much else for me. I'd like to mention at the weekend, Captain Quint, who goes at Newcastle in a 12.30. Uh, he's only had the three starts for Rose Dobbin, but he's won two of them and made a winning debut over fences at Hexham at the start of the month. Uh, he's just going to be a stayer. But he won over two. He's well, both of his wins have come over come over two miles. But he looks every inch a future three miler. Uh, he's up to two and a half on Saturday. He's thirteen to eight, but he'll win uh, up five pounds in the weights. But that'll be offset by the fact that he's just going to be a better horse over further. Uh, I'm con- con- confident with him. Nothing much else for me at the weekend, though, pal. Good. I like. I like that. Um... So our main bets for the weekend are? Uh, I think the machine is probably the one I'm keenest on, mate. The machine is the keenest one. Uh, it's also the trial turn on Sunday. Far class is running there. Him and eight, that a shame. It'd be the two against the field to me. Of course, I'm putting up far class. But Again, same shit, different on. week. <sighs> Bloody hell. 
I think that James is going to beat Farquhar. Be dead eight. Uh, but no, the machine. I think is is a better like most at the weekend, pal. Uh, with Captain Quint, if you want, if you want something short. Um, for me, uh, first street in the Jerry Field and I'm lost in the in the in the Coral Gold Cup. So I, I just have to, don't I? Yeah, no, of course you do, mate. Of course you do. You've been doing it for for long enough now. <laughs> Uh, thanks for being here, Paul. I've, I've had a good time. We've had a. It's been an up and down, bizarre episode. We had twenty five introductions, um, <laughs> hopefully plenty of winners, an outstanding weekend of racing, and hopefully you've enjoyed. Yeah, uh, something for everyone this weekend, even if Watson's head is in the gutter, uh, but he can go back to watching his mucky videos. Now we've finished the podcast. Uh, thanks to everyone. Uh, for tuning in again this week. Uh, hopefully you'll pick some winners yourselves. Uh, take care. I'll see you all again soon. See you soon. Stay safe.